the place where you made your stand never mattered, only that you were there and still on your feet. Stephen King, The Stand. Hey, I'm Kayla. And I'm Justin. And tonight we are breaking down The Stand. I think of this as kind of Stephen King's magnum opus. What do you think? It's a big, big book. (laughs) Yes. Magnum something, I guess, in this case. Is this your first time reading The Stand? This was my first run through of The Stand. Oh my gosh. Okay. Uh, For those folks who haven't read it or if it's been a while, um, I'll just do a really brief overview of kind of what the book's about so it's about the breakdown of society and specifically the united states after a super flu kills what 99.4 percent of humans on the planet some survivors are drawn to a old woman named mother ab mother abigail and some go to the wicked Randall Flagg in Las Vegas, who definitely has the cooler setup, I guess, of the, of the two. Yeah, uh, that's, that's a remarkably quick summary of, uh, <laughs> of, of what, what is quite the doorstop. Um, to clarify for all of our faithful listeners, Kayla and I did both read the complete and uncut edition of The Stand which is the one yes. that was released in about, I think, 1990 and mm-hmm. reincorporates uh, about 400 pages that he was originally forced to cut by his publisher. Mm-hmm. I I was interested to read it because I've read it before, but I think I read the kind of cut version, the original version. In yeah. this one, um, you know, I couldn't really tell if there was anything particularly great that was added back in that wasn't in the slimmer version of it um but you know added in a random character called the kid who wasn't in the other one and that's pretty much all i caught though so um i don't know maybe the first one maybe saved us from a little bit of bloat uh in the book but uh what did you think about it justin just in general you know uh i mean i enjoyed it on the whole it's it's such a it's just such a big book that it's, uh, you know, I almost break it down into parts. Uh, probably mm. the first third of it or so I absolutely loved. I'm a total sucker for anything that's, uh, you know, um, anything like that with huge um, ec- epidemic outbreaks. Um, <laughs> so uh, it's part of the reason that I love zombie movies and zombie books so much, but also even, you know, those some of those crappy movies uh the 90s movie outbreak or the more recent movie contagion anything like that i am a total sucker for so i loved that part with the you know collapse of society and the spread of the virus um past that i started to have some issues with it you know the uh, the, and we can we can talk about this more specifically as as the podcast goes on. But there were there were uh, there were some character actions that didn't make a lot of sense to me, uh, and, and I felt like a lot of the characterizations were too 
too black and white, too good versus evil, and there was really no one that was remotely in the middle. Yeah, I I agree. The first third, I think, is kind of a mastery of building suspense and building scale. Like, we actually get to see uh, through his writing kind of how this disease actually is. He goes through really quickly um, and describes how somebody went into a gas station and they touched the counter and the clerk got sick and then the clerk coughed on his hand and they kind of move along. I thought those parts were so fascinating because he really quickly gets to nail down how it's affecting individual people and how fast it's spreading. And I think that those descriptions were really good. And yeah, I think those are like, it reminded me of the good parts of the walking dead kind of in the beginning um, where you're getting to see individual characters and it's showing how this disease affected everybody. They're kind of exploring their new world. Um, But yeah, the rest of it kind of gets, like the not so great parts of The Walking Dead, <laughs> kind of reminded me of that a little that's, bit. That's a Without pretty good zombies. comparison. Uh, I hadn't thought of that before, but I could certainly draw a lot of lines between uh, Randall Flag and Negan. In that, mm-hmm. uh, oh, wow, yeah. There, there are times where I just, I, I, I'm not scared of you, and I really just want you to shut up. Right? Why are you so annoying? Why are you powerful? I don't understand why everyone's afraid of you. Um, but yeah, the first, so we both agree the first third is really interesting. Uh, to me, it falls apart when they start traveling. I just yeah. am not a huge fan of road books. <laughs> and I think that that's, <laughs> I kind of get bored really easily. Yeah, the only the only thing that's more boring than a road trip book is a road trip book where everyone is on foot or bicycle. <laughs> oh God, right? It's like, yeah, let's take extra long this is this is gonna be great uh yeah i really struggled uh, with that yeah i mean yeah i agree that's that's when it starts to to really drag for me as well and you know odds are uh you know you've you've read both the the uh cut and uncut versions i've only read the uncut version so maybe there's a little more pace uh if you knock out those 400 pages but yeah, there's there's just a there's a lot that drags there, and then there's a lot that doesn't make sense. You know, one of my biggest issues with the book is uh, the the mother Abigail character. You know, she serves this mm-hmm. this kind of unifying force for for the for the good community that gathers in Boulder, but she's never, in my opinion, she's never really fully developed and. Then, mm-hmm. then they mm-hmm. get to Boulder. She's finally united all of the kind of central characters that the book focuses on. And she takes this, to me, largely unexplained trip into the woods, um, basically to kill herself off quicker, uh, which, you know, I don't, I don't know if you need that with a 115-year-old character. I think you can just say. <laughs> and then one day she got pneumonia and told us that right. we, uh, yeah, that, that whole part was just completely lost on me uh you know as for someone who was such a unifying force and really the the concept of good in the book um it was it was a kind of paper thin character to me i i agree she she has amazing potential and she says things that are really interesting and i i do like how the book gives her some actual background and an actual personality <laughs> whereas instead of just making her like this kind of angelic 
or martyr figure. They, you know, he tries to give her a background on a life. But she she could be really interesting and she could be as big as Randall Flagg is. But she sees, you know, she sees herself being prideful, I think, is the reason why she just kind of stumbles out into the desert, which doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. And it's like God is angry at her, but okay, whatever. Um, I, I think I do struggle with the fact that she's one of the only African-American characters maybe right. the only one and, she, and uh, it's yeah, basically like so. yeah and it's kind of like her function she brings everybody to boulder and then dies <laughs> it's like is that her only function here like i think that she could be uh and that she should have been a much more uh interesting and powerful character in the book but she's she's not it's kind of a bummer um, yeah but yeah i, yeah, I do I, like when they start I do like when they start building a society and they try to like struggle through that. I think that part's a little bit too long, but I do like the idea of, okay, what are we going to do now that society's collapsed? <laughs> what, how are we going to build ourselves up here? Yeah, I agree. I actually, I, I thought that part was pretty interesting and there were times that, you know, I felt like this, the, the, the story would have been probably better served as a continuing series, you know, at least a trilogy of a few five to 600 page books, because I think there are a lot of interesting things in there with how do you reconstruct society uh, that, that, yeah, he kind of just, he kind of had to half-ass um, <laughs> due to the minimal page limitations uh, that were placed upon him. <laughs> right. It's like, hmm, I only have 800 pages. Let's see what I can do with this. Yeah, uh, and that, yeah, that's kind it, of the strange thing to me is that despite how freaking long the book is, uh, there were quite a few characters that, you know, I didn't feel like there there was a ton of development spent on them. Even, you know, a character like Harold, um, you know, I mean, he has a fair amount of time devoted to him, but I... I don't really feel like there's a lot of character development there or anything. He just kind of starts off as a pud and, and really stays one and then has mm. a super abrupt death that really just comes out of left field. Uh, you know, I, yeah. I thought there was a lot more potential there for him to, to make it to Las Vegas to become, you know, to essentially replace or at least try to replace Lloyd's flags, right hand mm -hmm. man. And instead there's just this totally abrupt death. Yeah, I thought that was really odd because we see him in so many different uh, situations and King really builds him up a lot. And actually, I feel like builds him up with a, quite a bit of uh, empathy, um, gives us a lot of insight into Harold. And then he's he's just dead. He's just been right. left in the desert. It's like, what the hell? It's just so weird. Um yeah, and especially compared to somebody like Stu, who's kind of the hero of the book, who's really boring. <laughs> I feel like it's kind of yeah, he's just he's um, a nice guy, but he yeah. is he is a he is a John Wayne character in a Stephen King novel. Yes. And I think that Stephen King probably has a kind of soft spot for those kind of old fashioned kind of western guys this does feel kind of like western in some parts to me so maybe that that's what he's supposed to just be kind of just a good just a good old guy but woof i'd rather have somebody more interesting like harold <laughs> than somebody who's super yeah. dull uh, uh oh well yeah i mean yeah that's 
even you know even to to jump forward to quite a bit but even even the ending to me you know it's they go on this kind of lord of the rings type quest to las vegas and they're setting up this epic conclusion and then in the end none of the protagonists really take any action that leads to leads to their victory it's more just that they happen to be there um when the las vegas (laughs) society screws themselves over right i i think i remember in my head it being a very epic battle of good and evil and i think i read somewhere something somewhere about stephen king saying that he wanted to he wanted this book to kind of be a lord of the Rings style story where yes you know we're going to mordor said that um and i think i remember just feeling that there was some sort of epic ending but i mean it's kind of a big deal but it's literally like the hand of God just ends it all. And it really is. It's you very know, it's, strange. It's, it's one of those things where, you know, when, because there are probably what, about three little chapters that focus on trash can man and this mm-hmm. sprawling 1200 page book. And so you kind of get the idea that this character is going to play a role in the end because why else would he be there? Right, but it's still <laughs> right. it's still very strange to have you know the the twenty second most important character in the book play such a pivotal role in the end. <laughs> Absolutely, and he just kind of shows up, and it's very strange. And especially for some character like uh, Randall Flag, and I think Randall Flag is actually kind of a a cool bad character, even though he's maybe just a little bit too obviously evil. Yes. Like the way that they describe that he smiles is like, oh, come on, like give him a little bit more nuance here. Make him a little more interesting. Um, He's just so straightforward evil. But he, I feel like, deserved a little bit of a better ending than just kind of an explosion and then ending up in an island somewhere. (laughs) I agree. Yeah, Yeah. I kind of feel like the more you, the more we learn about and the more we read about Flag, the less compelling he becomes um absolutely you know, when he's this when he starts off as this nightmare character uh you know that people are terrified of without even knowing why i think he's a lot more interesting than than you know we eventually reach this point where you know he he randomly draws this woman to las vegas to impregnate her but then 10 pages later she's throwing herself off a balcony uh mm-hmm. you know the the all of this is carping, you know, on the whole, I really enjoyed the book. I, there was never a time when I was completely tired of it and didn't look forward to reading it. But I, I, I do think there are a lot of flaws with, with the character development, um, which is, is really saying something in a 1200 page book. <laughs> Absolutely. It's, it's a fantastic ideas book. Um, the idea that he's going for is really amazing really interesting um but yeah some of the characters just aren't as great as they could be in my opinion but i will say that this is only the first time that we see randall flag yes. he's he's back in different iterations so he never really goes away in the stephen king universe i also feel like the stand is kind of the um the starting place really where we're kind of getting the universe expanding a lot more with different characters that show up later as far as i understand um or that the book gets referenced a lot so i'm interested to 
learn more about that too. Yes, agreed. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to, to kind of delving into that. Um yeah, uh yeah, certainly look forward to, to revisiting uh at least one of these characters, but hopefully a few more. Yeah, I hope so too. Um okay, have you seen any Stephen King connections so far? Speaking of the universe, have you started to see different themes come out in this one? Um I don't Well, nice awkward podcast pause there. Uh <laughs> that's okay i, I, I kind of jumped it on you. no 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 that's fine uh i i i will i you know i don't see a ton of connections between this one and the three prior books that we had read other than stephen king's brief flirtation with books that are mostly set in colorado and not in maine Hmm. yeah he seems to be really into colorado for yeah. this little this little bit you know um, i mean yeah there's a little bit more of the flirtation with the supernatural that we saw in the shining um but i think you know this i think this one's so much bigger and more sprawling than the prior books that uh you know i mean sure you can say that there's themes of uh you know there are good people and bad people but that's essentially every novel that's ever been written so <laughs> Right. You know, I I, I don't know. I didn't else, I didn't really. I didn't pick up <laughs> yeah. on a on a ton of King specific themes that carried over from the Shining or Salem's Lot, but but how about you? Maybe you're more sophisticated. Uh I'm not. Um <laughs> but I do pick up on Stephen King's uh kind of preoccupation with characters' mothers. There's a lot of mother yes. son relationships, mother-daughter relationships throughout his books. Um, and the mothers are usually pretty uh, difficult. And it keeps showing up again and again. And I think I think that's interesting. I'm not sure what that says about like Stephen King and his mother. I don't really know enough about their relationship. But uh, for some reason, you know, the fathers are usually kind of... Um, a little bit lighter, lighter touch with their kids as far as being a little bit kinder. Um, and the mothers are usually kind of harsh. And I feel like we have seen this in the past and we'll continue to see it in future books as well. Um, this is also our second experience of an African-American person being very helpful right. <laughs> um, to, to white people. Um, and we'll see that again too. And you know, I think Stephen King recognizes it. This is the kind of trope that people recently have kind of talked about and decided, like, eh, it's not really the best thing. But, you know, at the time, it, it probably wasn't that big of a deal. So it's just kind of rereading books set in a different or written at a different time before we started being a little bit more sophisticated in <laughs> discussing these sorts of things. So um, that comes up again to later on. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I can't fault him too much for that. Um, you know, you, you look at our current president and it's hard to, hard to judge anyone for a little bit of magical black man characters. <laughs> yeah, sure thing. All right. Um, I think it's about time for the crown system. Yes. What do you think uh, about this one? You know, yeah, I've gone back and forth. Uh, you know, like I said, I, I I had problems with it, but still, on the whole, very enjoyable read. Uh, 
you know, I went back and forth, but I'm going to settle at four crowns. That's exactly what I was thinking too. Um, I put on uh, Goodreads that it was five stars. I just did it super quickly, but upon like re-examining it, it's like, nah, you know, it's not perfect. But I think the overall reading experience um, is ex- is very enjoyable, and especially if you haven't really read a book this long before. And I think when I read it as a teenager, I hadn't really experienced a gigantic book like this. Right. And it really shows you like, I can have the stamina to read an extremely long epic novel and it is okay. (laughs) Um, And so I think the reading experience for this is really enjoyable and really memorable. And a lot of people really love it. Yeah. I completely agree. Super, super fun read. If, you know, if someone told me that they enjoyed Stephen King books that they had read, but they hadn't read the stand, I would say, yes, you absolutely should read it. Not perfect by oh, any not perfect sure. by any means, but still highly enjoyable. So I think it's a I think it's a very good four crown book. Absolutely. And I think too, um, if people Stephen King being like some big scary horror writer, I feel like the stand is a good recommendation for people who are a little bit nervous about horror but still want to experience Stephen King, uh, I think the stand is a good place to to get into it because he goes on a stretch for the next little bit where he's writing a lot of kind of more thrillers rather than horror. Um, and I think the stand is kind of the first one in that right. series yeah. there. No, I completely agree. Well, um, it was a pretty quick run through of a massive undertaking, but do you have, <laughs> do you have anything more to say about the stand? I think I'm kind of, I'm kind of tapped out on it. I think so, you know, and I, I think this is a good one because it's it's not a it's not like The Shining where we're like, wow, it's pretty much a perfect book. You know, this has a few uh, a few flaws, but overall, it's it's just it's just really great. So, yep, I think I'm cool. all tapped well, out. Well, I think we will see you next week um, with the Dead Zone, which I believe is the first uh, Virgin read for Kayla on this journey. Is that correct? It is correct. I, yeah, you'll have to hear what I think about it, but I, I was really excited to read, to read one that all I right, haven't read cool. before. Well, we will see all of you next week in the dead zone. <laughs> all right. Bye. For more of our Stephen King adventures, please follow us on Instagram at the year of King. <laughs>